Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum, and I'm your host for episode 38 of the Student Ministry Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to Dan Navarra, who is the high school pastor at Monte Vista Chapel in Turlock, California, and he's also the co-founder and producer of the Youth Pastor Compensation Survey and Youth Pastor Comp Pros. That's YP Comp Pros where he talks a lot today about not only his ministry, but also all the information and, and wisdom that he's gathered over the last couple of years of doing this compensation survey. So if you have questions about, you know, how much should I be getting paid as a youth pastor and and should I be getting raises and how do I ask for those raises and, and all those kind of questions, today is your day. Make sure to get a pen and paper out and, and take some notes as you listen to this podcast for sure. But before we jump into the interview, we do want to thank our sponsors. The first sponsor is WorkCamp NE. Their website is W-O-R-K-C-A-M-P-N-E.com. And if you're looking for a mission trip opportunity right in the United States for your students, not only serving for the whole week of being able to do some amazing just minor home repair for, for people, but also connecting with other youth ministries and, and, and getting this amazing worship experience throughout the whole week, make sure you check out their website. They also do some private camps. So if you can't make one of their summer camps work, make sure you do contact them about maybe doing a private camp for your students. Our other sponsor is the National Network of Youth Ministries. Their website is youthworkers.net. And here you've heard me talk about them and work camp many times, but but the true honest thing is that many of us do youth ministry on our own. We're trying to, to just pour into these students and pour into our teams and volunteers and everything, but sometimes it gets tiring. And, and here's an interesting stat that I think is really cool. The average uh, youth pastor stays at a church, depending on what you look at, all the stats out there, 18 months maybe two years. But another interesting stat on top of that is that the average youth worker who is in a network actually stays at his or her church twice as long. So no matter what that stat is for how long people stay, it is doubled when people are in a network. So that that alone should change your mind about being in a network. It's really important for us to connect with others in this ministry. And so as you're doing here on this podcast and learning about other people within ministry, that's great. But it's also really important to connect with others uh, in your local network. So if you have not checked out their website, be sure to do so and find another network in your area. And if you don't have one, maybe it's time to start one. Youthworkers.net is their website. And uh, make sure you do check them out today. And before we jump into this interview, if you have not subscribed to the Student Ministry Podcast, I want to encourage you to do so on your favorite podcast app. Uh, maybe you can do that on iTunes, Podbean, uh, TuneIn Radio. There's a number of different podcast apps out there, and uh, we would love for you to subscribe. And also, if you like what you hear, if you've been enjoying the Student Ministry Podcast, be sure to leave us a positive review on whatever platform you listen, and that would help us kind of rise to the top and help other youth pastors find this podcast. Also, you can share this podcast. If you've not done that yet, make sure you do so. That would be great, and we would so appreciate it. Also, if you've not followed us on social media, that'd be amazing. You can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, and you can find us now on Instagram. And also, we are now on the Podacy app. That's P-O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y. I've been checking it out over the last couple weeks, and it has been a great service to find new podcasts. 
So if you're not on there yet, jump on there, find the Student Ministry Podcast, and also you can leave an echo for us if you like a podcast, and that kind of helps it uh, rise to the top on the Podacy app and help other people find us there. Now we've talked about our sponsors, we've talked about all the social media and subscribing and everything. Now it's time to jump into this conversation with Dan Navarra and and be be warned just a little bit. I, I kind of geek out a little bit about this stuff, about all the numbers and the data. So I hope it's not overbearing to you uh, to get, hear me excited about this stuff. But I hope you do also get excited about it. Uh, but what he's doing there, um, not only at his church, but also for other youth pastors through YP Comp Pros. Thanks so much for joining me today, Dan. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem at all. So, so Dan, I know you're involved in high school ministry and also in this uh, this youth ministry compensation thing with uh, YP Comp Pros and everything. But uh, how did this all get started? Like, let's take us back in time a little bit and share your story about how you got uh, to know Christ and, and into your ministry. Yeah, I uh, did not grow up in a Christian home, uh, but I was loud and I was huge, like a lot of youth pastors are. And so my parents put me in the only free church choir in town as a like kindergartner. So I started singing in the church choir, and my parents came to church on the Sundays. I would sing in church choir, you know, Palm Sunday, Thanksgiving, like Mother's Day. And uh, one day in third grade, so my fourth year in, pastor said something, my parents never left. And we became a church family, like overnight, like fully devoted followers, like hardcore, uh, jumped in with both feet. And, uh, I loved the church culture. I loved the youth group culture as I got into junior high. So I started like kind of whoring myself out to youth groups. I was like going to like three youth groups at one point and, uh, just like loved the social atmosphere. And it was in that space that I ran into Jesus as a eighth grader gave my life to Christ on Valentine's day of eighth grade. And, uh, was that like a winter retreat kind of deal? And, uh, was kind of off and running. And, uh, as I grew up in high school, I, you know, kind of did some leadership stuff in my high school group. I grew up in a fairly large church. So, you know, a hundred kid youth group for high school and hundred kid for junior high kind of deal. And, um, grew up getting do some leadership and some program things and like really enjoyed that part. But I actually had no interest in ministry, I, I wanted to be an architect. Uh, I was working at an architecture firm in high school for all four years, like after school, full-time during the summers, and loved that. I was good at that. And uh, freshman year of college, God had other plans and got a hold of me during a college retreat over Christmas break. And uh, I, without telling my parents, dropped my architecture classes and added like philosophy and communications and a bunch of other stuff that you would never use for a real job. And uh Got a job as an intern at my church a few months later, and uh, I was off and running into full-time ministry shortly thereafter. Cool, cool. Yeah. So so did you go, kind of go right out of college into, and, into your first ministry then? And- yeah, I, I, I interned for two and a half years through college, okay. and uh, during that time, like, kind of commuted to school, lived at home, did church housing, and gained some experience. And then, uh, in the spring of my senior year of college, I started interviewing knowing it takes months for churches to hire. And, uh, I had two years of post-college pre-adulthood and then I or sorry, two weeks of post-college pre-adulthood. And then I started full-time ministry like July 1st of right out of college. And, uh, I was only at my first job for 11 months as full-time youth and worship pastor at a smaller church. And, uh, you know, they say the average lifespan of a youth pastor is 18 months. I am part of the data. Mm. Uh, so 11 months at my first job and uh, a combination of reasons why I was 
uh, asked to resign from that church, but it was like budget and leadership changing and all kinds of stuff and no- nothing like bad or anything like that. It was all good and it was fun to you know be a part of that church, but sad nonetheless. And so yeah. that was my first stop. And then uh, did five years full time in a little small place called Modesto in central California. And then uh, I've been down the road a little bit more, five more years here in Turlock at Monta Vista Chapel. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, so is your family, I'm, I'm assuming they finally came around to the idea of you dropping all those classes and <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. they're pretty supportive of everything. It's crazy. When I sat down my parents for that family meeting, kind of the DTR yeah. in my family and said, Hey mom and dad, you're paying for community college. And I dropped these classes and they looked at me and they were like, we're so proud of you. We never thought you'd do good behind a desk with a pencil in your hand. <laughs> It, it it was great. And my, my brother actually, who's younger than me by almost three years, he, as like a junior higher felt called to vocational ministry. Mm. And so both my brother and I are seminary graduates. We're both full-time pastors. Uh, my dad always jokes that he's for sure got a ticket in. He just has to, you know, <laughs> just get, just get there. And right. he's, so <laughs> Man, yeah, that's, that's amazing. I'm sure your parents like never saw that coming when they just kind of made you go to church choir when you're younger. And all of a sudden, like God just grabbed and got and you know, all this happens now. It's, it's crazy. It's completely changed our family tree actually. Mm-hmm. Like, cause my parents were the first Christians really in our family and it has totally transformed our entire like family tree and heritage. It's really cool. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, you've been at your current church for about five years now, you said? Yep. I'm okay. the high school pastor only, which I know is rare according to my compensation data. Um, I did, I did junior high and high school in my last church. And I used to joke that I get, I get paid to do junior high. I do high school for free. Um, kind of like teachers, you know, they, they right. teach for free because they get paid to do homework. So right. there you go. So, so yeah, what does that look like at your current church to, to run the high school ministry? What's your kind of programming look like and, and team kind yeah. of structure and stuff like that? It's cool. So I'm at a church of like 600 on a Sunday, but we have kind of a unique staff, a unique staff structure. Uh, so we have 12 pastors for a church of 600. It's a little bit crazy. Um, so we're a little bit specialized. So we have a full-time junior high, full-time high school pastor. And in California, that's really rare, Mm. but, um, I mean, it's really rare just because of the finances of that. But, uh, so I'm blessed. I get to do some, some senior leadership stuff, some teaching, some executive pastor type things. It's really a great role for me. Um, but my high school ministry specifically is my bread and butter. It's, it's the thing that I like enjoy. It's fun. It's not something I have to work super hard at. Um, so our normal kind of deal is we have a Sunday morning kind of Sunday school hour kind of deal that it happens. We have one service on Sundays. Um, so we meet at 10, nine o'clock for Sunday school and it's only like 30 kids. It's a Bible study. It's, um, really a, a concentrated group of church kids, which I love. They come early and it's discipleship one-on-one kind of stuff. Um, and then our bread and butter is really our midweek program on Wednesday nights. And, uh, that is typically, it runs six thirty to eight fifteen ish. And, uh, we do like, you know, three songs of worship, some announcements. I do a 15 or 20 minute teaching at the most. And then I give them like the back hour in small groups. Uh, we really go all in on the small group model. Each yeah. group separated by grade and gender has two adult leaders. Um, which is to me, it's really vital that we share the burden of shepherding yeah. students. And, um, I really lean hard on my volunteer staff for the primary spiritual, feeding of the students. I really don't want to be that rock star youth pastor. Um, and you know, that actually frees me up to not feel the pressure to go to all the volleyball games and all Mm -hmm. the 
the choir performances and all that stuff. I'm, I've got three small kids and a wife. I'm home on the weekends. Like I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a T-ball dad now. I'm not yeah. like spending all my Friday nights out of the high school football games anymore. Like I was when I was, you know, single or an intern, things like that. So yeah. it's a little bit more, a little bit more sustainable for my family. That's cool. Which, yeah, it's really good. I think one of the things that's really unique about my ministry, if you want me to touch on that for a second, yeah. um, our church used to be, so it's a 600 person church on a Sunday. It used to be almost double that about 10 years ago. Okay. It was high, high production, kind of cutting edge production. I mean, at one point this church had a pulpit that rose out of the floor. Like, <laughs> wow. Like, like worship would end, the stage would go dark, the bumper video would play and then the lights would come back on and the pulpit would just appear magically. <laughs> like it was that intense of production. And our church over the last 10 years has, um, made a shift away from consumeristic, uh, not to bash it at all, but moved away from consumer driven Christianity Mm. and really made a move towards a formational DNA. And that word, that word's even like a foreign word, especially in youth ministry. Um, spiritual formations, kind of a, it's discipleship, but it's less about who I'm following and more about how I'm being formed Mm. in the image of Christ. And so it's not me acting like Jesus. It's me actually doing what Jesus would do if he were walking in my shoes. Okay. So it kind of is a transformational idea around kind of the DNA of who we are. And so on a youth ministry level, um, that means we end up doing uh, a lot of spiritual exercises um, for a conservative evangelical church, which is what we historically have been at Monta Vista. We've actually really made a move towards like the liturgical traditional Okay. almost Catholic, contemplative, meditative side of, of our faith family. And, mm. and it's been really like poetry in motion. Um, students are like getting comfortable actually having conversation with Jesus rather mm. than just like, hey, read the Bible, understand this passage, and like, how does it apply to your life? Which is good. We still do that. We did that on Sunday morning. Um, but we also do spiritual exercises in a way that is, I think, pretty unique for youth ministry. Yeah, yeah. And you've seen... Like the students are, are actually responding to that well? You know what? It actually it gets away from kind of two things that uh, Kara Powell outlines in some of her sticky faith content um, with the Fuller Youth Institute. Mm-hmm. Two, two things that we've kind of been able to avoid. One of them is dry cleaner Christianity, right? Parents drop their kids off dirty and expect to pick them up clean. Right. Like let the youth group fix them. Yep. Uh, really moved away from like being a hospital for people that are sick and trying to heal them, but actually giving them the tools, the medicine, so to speak, to be able to actually have the conversation with God themselves. Yep. Uh, and we guide that as adults, but we don't feed them answers. And so we deal with a lot of gray, um, not a lot of traditional black and white. And that's not to say we're liberal in our theology at all, but to really say that we trust that the journey is part of formation. Gotcha. The, the second thing we have, we've really begun to avoid is kind of the Red Bull Christianity. This idea that if I just try harder, if I just up my energy level, if I just do better as a Christ follower, that God will love me more or mm-hmm. I will fit in more or I will be more accepted or a better leader or whatever. We've actually gotten really away from that and said, Let, let's train instead of try. Mm-hmm. Let's let's exercise muscles rather than just max lift every single time we p- come to church. And it really lends itself towards authenticity, transparency, kids being accepted as they are, coming as they are. We've seen the clicks within our youth ministry, you know, 100 kid youth ministry. We've mm-hmm. seen clicks basically disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a family DNA of everybody has a story, everybody has a name, and we want to know all of that. That's really and cool. So, 
it really is unique. It's like fun. It's actually fun to watch yeah. and to students embrace that stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And it seems like from from my research and how I talked with other youth pastors over this podcast and other just conversations that God allows me to have, it seems like are these next generations really want that sort of thing. Um, like the, the fancy lights and the, the, the pulpit coming out of the stage and things like that maybe was a cool thing for the generations before, but, but, uh, but a lot of these younger students are really wanting that authenticity and like, show me why this, this relationship with Christ is worth my time that I can actually, you know, why, why I should actually pursue this in my life. Yeah, it, it really takes the whole traditional idea of like you have to believe so that you can behave a certain way so that you can belong. It really flips that on its rear and says, we you get to belong first and your story is welcome here no matter what kind of garbage or beauty you have in your story. Yeah. And because you belong, then you will find that there's a, a new way, a better way, God's design for how you can behave. And that behavior mm. actually is the fruit that displays your belief. Mm. So it really flip it really flips the traditional conversion evangelism like on its head like yeah. I love it I, I think it's just rocking the revolution of generations and it's cool because I don't have to be your mama's youth pastor like right. I don't have to I don't have to be on a pedestal and be mm-hmm. perfect like I I mean I don't know who your listeners are, but I like Jesus and I cuss a little, like it's just part of who I am. Like it's, I'm a, I'm a normal human being who's trying to become more like Christ and I ain't perfect at it. So. Right. Yeah. I love, uh, there was a couple of nights, uh, a couple of weeks ago that I actually heard overheard our high school students saying they love when our, our speakers do, they talk about their flaws. Then they don't just get up there and just talk about like, this is how it's working in my life, but to, to actually be open about their flaws to a certain extent. I mean, you have to have boundaries and everything, but, uh, but yeah. to be able to show that, yeah, I'm, I'm working on this too. And we're all working on this together. Yeah. I think the days of coming to youth group and sharing about this story from long ago when I was this terrible person and now I'm this like way better person mm-hmm. that I don't think it sticks anymore. I think people want the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, how are you right now? Oh, this week I was arguing with my wife yeah. this week. I struggled with greed and adultery or not adultery or idolatry or whatever. Yeah. Like, Hey, I struggle with adultery this week. <laughs> don't pre- me don't the place to me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, safe space, safe space. Yeah. Transparency. Right. Uh, so yeah. we can edit out, right? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> So we, uh, so you have this high school ministry, but that's not all, all you do. You actually have this YP Comp Pros side of your ministry. Uh, how did that all come about um, when you first started doing that? Yeah, so YP Comp Pros is like brand spanking new. Uh, it just launched in like November, December-ish. Uh, like literally we just got like an actual bank account like nice. three, three weeks ago. <laughs> like it's brand new. But uh, like two and a half years ago now, I – uh, wanted to go into my annual review with my boss with some data that suggested that I was underpaid because, Hey, I'm a youth pastor. It's what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hey, you'd see me holding up my fist to the tribe right now. If you can <laughs> see a video of this. Um, but I wanted to get some data. So I just created like a Google form that was asking for some people to give me some data on their compensation, their education and their experience, kind of the three main deals out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, was hoping that I'd get like 50 guys or gals to like respond to this deal from like a couple Facebook groups that I'm a part of for youth ministry. And, uh, so I posted the form and within like two days I had 800 people <laughs> responded to the form. Uh, it was nuts. The data that was coming in and it, I had a few more questions like what's your church size? Like what's the church budget? What's your, you know, how much debt does your church have? Things like mm-hmm. that. 
just all the whole financial picture that affects compensation yeah. and uh, started looking at trends and like, I, I don't know, I kind of geek out on numbers. So I threw it in an Excel spreadsheet cause you can Google export into that and started kind of mining the data. And like the, what I was finding was breathtaking. It was, it was simultaneously beautiful and disgusting in mm-hmm. a sense. Like it was um, something that we, what I found is churches don't want to talk about what they pay their pastors um, it's very taboo to talk about compensation in the church. And that's mostly because it's, you know, you're not supposed to let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. Right. And so people don't talk about it at all. And like, that's, I don't think very good stewardship either. And so, um, yeah, it became a real pain point as I started kind of reading some of the comments that people would leave on the survey. Cause the last question was like, Hey, if you want to rant, like I'm here and it's confidential yeah. and people, people would write vignettes, like total mm-hmm. like paragraphs of like, I've been at this church 12 years and they cut my pay. I've never had a pay raise and I'm overworked and underpaid and no benefits. And like, there was a lot of that happening. So I reached out to my friends at the youth cartel and, uh, they kind of helped me process a little bit and edit. And I kind of wrote an academic paper, so to speak, analyzing the data. I mean, I've got a master's and a college degree and, you know, went to fuller theological. So I kind of know how to do that stuff. And it was um, really well received. We had over 1300 respondents to the first youth pastor compensation survey and like people ate it up. It was talked about all over the place. So like, we got to do it again. And, uh, so I did it again this last year and, uh, kind of improved the survey, added some demographic stuff about, uh, gender, race, geographical location, zip code, even Mm -hmm. state. And, uh, got it all the way up to like 53 questions, I think. And, uh, we had 2,500 people fill the thing out or wow. 20, 20, 2,200 people, some ridiculous number yeah, yeah. and, uh, did part-time and full-time. And, uh, again, processed the data. I went from writing a four page academic paper to writing a 14 page academic paper. Um, and what I found was it wasn't enough. People wanted deeper dives into the conversation. And so I kind of started a, a website and a blog with the idea that I would kind of do sub reports. And so we did some work on the gender wage gap and we did some stuff on cost of living adjustment based on location. And, uh, I found some really like heartbreaking, painful stuff in, in the survey. I mean, I'm in California and, uh, one in five full-time youth pastors in California are paid illegally. Wow. Yeah. And that has to do with California's overtime salary laws. Uh, okay. uh, a, an employee whose salary exempt, meaning they don't get they don't qualify for overtime. They're you know you just get their paycheck and you do your work. Uh, that person must be paid double minimum wage over a forty-hour work week over a fifty-two week year. And in California, minimum wage for a church with twenty-five or more employees is twelve bucks an hour. So that means you have to make twenty-four dollars an hour, mm. which which comes out to like. $49,000 a year. If you do the math yeah. for, for 2019, for 2018, it was less, but it was still like 44,000 or something like that. And one out of five, 19 out of a hundred, actually full-time youth pastors were paid underneath that number, meaning they're being paid illegally and they probably don't even know it. Mm. Uh, it's not like churches are trying to cheat their youth pastors, but like Sunday's always coming, right? I'm, right? You're trained in theology. You're not trained in HR and business. And mm. you're just doing the best you can to run a church as a senior. Right. And so I found stuff like that out. I found out about the weight, the gender wage gap, uh, men, male youth pastors are paid almost 13% more than female youth pastors. Um, which doesn't sound like heaven at all. Mm. Um, that's my own opinion, but it is what it is. Uh, I mean, I 
yeah, I discovered a lot of stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I just I couldn't stand on the sidelines and watch our tribe suffer. Yeah. I wanted to do something about it. And so YP Comp Pros is really a business that's designed to help youth pastors become compensation professionals. And so we have resources on things like the housing allowance, opting out of Social Security, um, annual reviews. This is a big deal, right? Because uh, my data says that 80, I think it's 84, 82% of youth pastors, I don't have it right in front of me. Uh, over 80% of youth pastors did not ask for a raise last year, which doesn't sound that alarming because people feel bad asking for more money. Yep. But 64% of youth pastors didn't have an annual review last year. So that means 64%, six out of 10 youth pastors didn't even get in the room with their boss where they could talk about their compensation. Right. Forget that they made a judgment call to not do it. They didn't mm-hmm. even have a chance. And to me, that's one of the reasons why you find out that uh, you're underpaid is because you're not getting raises year over year, even just simple 2% cost of living raises, you know, do that over a five year span. That's 10%. Like you're not that underpaid if you get a 10% raise over five years, according right. to what, what my market analysis is. So things like that, I, we have a seven page free downloadable report on our website or not a report, um, a downloadable, uh, annual review template that you can use with your boss. If you need to lead up and help your boss say, Hey, you know, I need to have an annual review. Can we do this? This is like a starting template that you can use. And so we have some of that kind of stuff. That's just like free tools that we want to get in people's hands, a housing allowance calculator. So people don't shortchange themselves on what they claim in their housing allowance. And, um, and then what we're planning on doing is launching some paid videos down the road that we, um, kind of like masterclass super videos, on how to prepare a resume, a reference letter, um, cover letter, how to do some interview tactics that I've learned over my 15 years in youth ministry that I think will give you an edge in the job hunt over every other candidate around. Things that will give you an advantage that could lead from you having to settle for a job that maybe is not sustainable versus a, you know getting a job that can take your calling and turn it into a sustainable career. Mm-hmm. That's so good, man. I wish I wish I would have had this when, when I was starting on in ministry. I, I had a great education and and uh, some great mentors and everything. But it'd been awesome to to just have that opportunity to like go to a website and be able to say, "Oh, this is how I do my housing allowance." Because at that first time around, you're like, "I don't know what this is all about." I think I remember having one class on it one day in in college, but like now this right. is reality. What do I do? Hey. And if you think about it, right, most of the time, if you're in your 20s, right, and you're like learning how to make life decisions, what do you do? You call your mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Well, unless you're a PK, <laughs> there's yep. no help out there. Like they yep. don't know what a 403B is right. because they don't qualify for one because they don't work for a nonprofit. Yeah. And so it's like, how do I save for retirement? Like you can opt out of Social Security. What? Why would you do that? That's mm-hmm. your, you know, your dad's thinking like that's my bread and butter when I retire. And it's yeah. like, like no, no, no. There's a whole different world for clergy right. that at least you need to be aware of and understand. And so I, I want guys to not have to learn this too late. Mm. Uh, so, it, you know, I'm, I'm doing some work now with like Duffy Robbins and a few other people trying to get this in the hands of youth ministry students mm. so that as college students, they can learn, here's the questions you need to be asking as you interview. Hey, is this position an opt-out position? Is, am I a director or am I a pastor? You know, mm. like a lot of denominations, they don't ordain or license their youth workers. And so they don't qualify for a housing allowance. Well, that, that means they're going to be paying into Social Security. And that yeah. means you have to pay into Social Security 7.5%. And so your number that you're looking at is actually lower right off the bat. Like, uh, there's all kinds of stuff like that. So yeah, my That's... hope is to 
my hope is to help youth pastors win in the world of compensation a little bit more. That's that's really cool, and I think that's a, that's it's so important because you know there are some like yourself that are they're just wired that way to think numbers and all that sort of thing. But the, I'm guessing the vast majority of us in the youth ministry world are just not wired that way. We got into it for different way, reasons, and and uh, and. And, but it's just part of the thing, though. Like, and I, th- I think a lot of times we we overlook it and and just kind of go by, you know. And and part of it, I'm assuming, is like I was in a situation for a long time where I was underpaid, didn't realize it. God was taking care of me. I was okay. But when I started looking at everything and hearing from some research from you and some other people, I go, oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> like, and so and, I think and, it's and what what yeah. it really what it really uh, what I find is. Right. The, if the average lifespan of a youth pastor, we'll just say it's two years and be generous. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause most people would say the, the number that Barna did a few years back was 18 months or something like that. Right. Just say it's two years. Right. That's, that's pretty crummy. <laughs> if you think about yeah. it, I think a part of the problem, not the whole problem, but part of the problem is some 25 year old or four year old who's fresh out of college gets into youth ministry and it's going great because they're single and like they're crushing it. all they want to do is love students. Right. Cause that's why we all got into this. We want to love teenagers. Right. And then what happens is, oh, I met a, I met somebody, and I, and I want to get married. And so you get married, and then you know, oh, okay, well, they have a job, and I have a job, and so it's fine. And you know, we, we're still on our parents' medical insurance or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you like have a kid, you want to buy a house, and you're like, hey, I can't live off thirty five grand anymore. I got to buy a minivan. <laughs> like, like life changes rapidly right. between twenty five and thirty five. And what happens is the temptation for the youth pastor is, A, I'm going to leave my church to go find a bigger church that can pay me more, or because the numbers on churches with an over a million dollar budget, they pay significantly higher than churches with less than a million dollar budget. And then, uh, or B, I'm going to quit ministry altogether. And to me, that's terrible. Like, yeah. those are our two options. Yeah. And so my hope is that, man, if I could double the average lifespan, if, if people who went through mm-hmm. YP Comp Pro's material could double the lifespan and go four years at a church. Well, you see your freshman graduate high school. Like that's a huge win. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and if you, if you can see one class of freshmen all the way through, man, you've got a real chance at being a fixture at that church and earning the relational equity and the staff, the senior seeing value in you. And Hey, now all of a sudden we're going to give you that 12% raise one year to, Mm -hmm. you know, we know you had a kid or you're getting married and we need to do something to like, take care of that. At least you've given them time to realize that there's a need that needs to be met. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I Man, I think that's that was one of the questions. I don't want to get into too many details because I don't want to like share things that I shouldn't be sharing in, in public. But but one of the questions that I was asked at my current church when I came on board or when they were making me an offer because uh, they saw my salary package from the last church and they they actually asked if if I was um, if I had any sort of bad feelings toward the church at all. And it was largely because they knew how much I was getting paid in my last church and 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 luckily you know. I was blessed. God was taking care of me and everything. And I was, totally. I didn't have any bad feelings toward it, but I could totally see where they're coming from by, you know, being there for a really long time and really not only getting a couple of raises in that whole time, time spent there. Like I could have some, you know, pent up feelings toward, toward the church at that time. And, and, and I see, I could see that happening within a lot of, especially young, young youth pastors who, you know, just wish they could actually take care of their family. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, the way I frame this is every time 
you as a youth pastor get frustrated with your compensation for whatever reason. Maybe it's you go home and your spouse is like, hey, you know, we got to pay this bill and or, hey, you know, you got to pick up this extra side thing or whatever. And every time your your compensation is a pain point, you, you ha- get a drop of bitterness mm. and you take that drop of bitterness and you can put it in the bucket towards your church, towards your boss, towards your board, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not a big deal. It's just one little drop. Right. But one little drop this week and another little drop the next week. And pretty soon the water level starts to rise in your bucket of bitterness. And what happens is guys kick the bucket. Yeah. And, and that's where you see guys either quitting or they do something even like more drastic. Mm-hmm. Like you see, this is where you see affairs pop up. You see, you know, porn problems and masturbation and all kinds of other like huge ways of coping with bitterness addiction, all kinds of things creep in there. Mm. And, and it gets really ugly because you haven't actually dealt with, I'm bitter at my, at at this little piece of my life over here. And, um, so part of what YP Compros is setting out to do is actually to like put the conversation in a place where you can process your bitterness. If you have an, if you have an annual review every year, at least you can be heard. Right. Which, Which is the first step to actually like feeling like you have a chance at, not being bitter. I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I think it'll make a difference. For I think sure. so too. I, I think so too. And I think, you know, like those of us that have been in ministry for a long time, we picked up this stuff, but this is going to be huge for, for people that are just now starting in ministry to start off on the right foot. And I think this is, this is going to be a great, great resource. So, so uh, yeah, definitely. If, if you're listening to this, make sure you do check out their website at, uh, it's ymcompros.com. It's Y-P-C-O-M-P. P-R-O-S, ypcompros.com. And uh, you can join our email list and kind of get some notifications. And we're really going to kind of ramp it up here in, before summer. So there's a lot of good stuff coming. And hopefully we can put in the show notes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, get you guys connected to that. And then the survey, if you haven't read our survey results, uh, it, I, I won't give you the number. I'll mm-hmm. tease it out there, though, that you can get the average number of a youth pastor's salary. Uh, nationwide, and then a cost of living adjustment for that. Uh, that's all available for free. We're, we're making sure the survey results always stay free. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I, I asked for a raise at my last church, and and it was so hard. Like, and we went to our our secretary, and she had like some of the books that say the average, you know, salaries across the country. But that was really all I had. But like a resource like this would have been tremendous to be able to say, okay, here's, here's a lot more stats and, and information to back up why I'm asking for this raise. It's not just because I want more money. Um, it's because yeah. of all this. Yeah. The, um, a lot of churches use the hammer compensation manual for their salary setting structure. Mm-hmm. Your business administrator probably knows what that is, even mm-hmm. if they don't use it. Um, that tool, the Richard hammers compensation manual is now churchsalary.com. They've turned it into an electronic version and churchsalary.com is a division of Christianity Today. Mm-hmm. And within 24 hours of my survey dropping, I was on the phone with Christianity Today. They wanted the data. And so churchsalary.com actually uses my compensation data to get their data. So you can actually use the churchsalary.com tool to generate a, a detailed report of compensation in your area. And like that's using my t- 2,000 data points. Um, it's Pretty, pretty great. Obviously, it's anonymous. I didn't give your email addresses right. out or anything like that, right. but it's, it's good stuff. Like, yeah. it's really cool. It's actually making a difference. That's really, really cool to hear. 
Man. So I, I'm sure, I mean, you've, you've shared a ton of wisdom already, like things that you picked up along your own ministry and, and through this compensation stuff. Um, what are, what are some other tips that you would like to share with other youth pastors out there? Maybe it's uh, from your own experience, or maybe it's through the, the compensation uh, data that you have, uh, things that you think other youth pastors really need to know. I, I would say so many of us are reading leadership books, trying to grow our capacity as leaders. And, uh, I would say, do not try and become um, a stronger leader if you're not going to become a stronger Christ follower first. Mm. So let God move in you, and then he will move through you. Become more like Jesus, and the people around you will become more like Jesus, which is the whole point. Okay. Right. So that's on the spiritual side. On the compensation side, one of my findings this year that I think applies to every single youth pastor is that your tenure is actually worth more to another church. Hmm. So churches that have employed a youth pastor for 10 years, uh, their compensation is at least 10% lower than a youth pastor with the same amount of overall tenure, but they've been at their current church less than three years. Hmm. So what that, what that means is, right, if you get hired at a church, say you're 25 years old, you get hired at a church, and you work there for 10 years, that would for you and me, Steve talking, that means you're probably good at your job, yeah. right? You've got tenure, like you're crushing it with students. You right. would think that person is being rewarded mm-hmm. for their competency because they've been at that church for a long time. My data says it's actually the opposite. You will, you will get paid more if at year seven, you left your church for a church that's looking for somebody with five to 10 years of full-time uh-huh. experience. They will pay you like close to 15% more to leave that church, Hmm. if not more. And this is my own story. I got a 25% pay raise when I left my last church to come to this church. My church church wasn't ready to to bring me up to where the market was indicating that I was. And unfortunately, you know who loses? The students. Hmm. Because I I didn't stay. I mean, it it was the right move for me and my family. And there's other factors. It wasn't just a money issue, but like, the students are the ones that lose and we want to love teenagers and the best Mm. way to love teenagers is to stay put. Right. And so, you know, being able to get that 2% raise every year cost of living and just say, Hey, you know, the here's how much you, it's easy to Google how much the average cost of a mortgage in your town is. Look at the trend. What's it going up each year? It's a simple like metric to be able to say, Hey, Here's a reason why I think I should earn more money. <laughs> right, right. It just costs more money to live here. And yes. if you want me here, this is a this is just a data point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's it's all just data. And like you know, it's I, I talked with um, another youth pastor about this. The critical piece of this whole thing is humility, mm-hmm. because you can see the number of the average youth pastor, and it's an average, right? Half of the youth pastors are making less than that. Right. And so. You really have to have a level of humility. If you just go walk into your boss's office and say, hey, here, here's the numbers, here's the data, uh, pay me, right? right. Well, that's, that's going to end out with you looking for a job. And YP Compros will be here to help you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but like, really, it's, it's, you, we have to be humble. We've we got to remember right. that we're in God's business, not our own business. We're not trying to gain profit here. We're trying to just have our calling be sustainable. Right, yeah. That's that's huge, man. It's been so great to talk to you. I think we probably keep talking about this, but we probably have to cut this short so don't make a really really long podcast. Yeah. But uh, but this is great data. I think it's it's just gonna be so so helpful. I think. And, and it allows, I think, us youth pastors to be able to go in with humility and say, you know what, I'm not asking for this because I think I'm great and I need more money. Um, I actually, like, this is this is the information here. I just want to present it to you and see what our church can actually help out so that you make sure that I can stick around here and my family can continue to minister. 
Yeah. It's interesting. I once heard a great definition of humility. Humility is not thinking like lowly of yourself. It's having an accurate view of yourself. Mm. And so the YP compensation data is really designed to help you understand an accurate view of what your experience and your education and your tenure and your skill set kind of would go for on the open market. Have an accurate sense and then just take that accuracy and carry it with open hands, not gripping it too tightly. I think that's a real huge win that we could be, you know, empowered, but humble. Yeah, man, man, it's been awesome to talk to you today, Dan. It's, it's been so great. I've learned so much and I, I really hope everybody takes advantage of the, the resources that you guys have already put out and are going to continue to put out there uh, to really help youth pastors along. I'm sure that uh, people are going to want to hear more from you and connect with you online. What are the best ways for people to do that? Man, at the ypcompros.com is kind of all of our content. I'm pretty easy to find on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, YPCompros on Instagram has its own handle. We have a Facebook page called YP Compensation Survey. Um, It's floating around the internet and stuff. It's still like in the really early stages, so we don't have thousands of followers and all that. But man, we would like love, I mean, send me an email, dan at ypcompros.com. I would love, if you've got a compensation question, like uh, I'm not like billing people. Like I just want (laughs) to help our tribe. Um, so yeah, re- reach out and let's be friends. Cool, man. Uh, again, I'm, I'm just so overwhelmed by, uh, by what you're doing there. And, uh, I really hope other people take advantage of these, this great resource that you'll be able to provide. Um, thanks so much for joining me today though. And, uh, may God bless your ministry, Dan. Thanks for having me, Steve. It was appreciated. Well, I told you this is going to be a good episode, right? I hope you took a lot of notes and I hope you're going to check out the YP Comp Pros website. All the resources and survey information that Dan was able to glean from all his research, this is this has so many good implications for ministry going forward. And I hope you're going to take advantage of it. Keep checking out his website and make sure to reach out to Dan. He's a wealth of information. He just He's dedicated his life to this because he wants to help out other youth pastors, especially because sometimes this is is just overwhelming. We get into ministry and we're focused on all the the stuff that we're supposed to be doing with teaching the Bible and training up teams and and all those different things, which are great. But sometimes the finance side is just overwhelming. And sometimes we we end up losing our jobs or or looking for other jobs without appropriately asking for the right kind of wage increases, not because we think we're cool or anything, but just because we don't know what we should be making or any of the laws that are around there and how we should be budgeting our our housing allowances and all those different things. So make sure you check out ypcompros.com for uh, more information about all the stuff that Dan has been talking about. Make sure you follow Dan on social media as well and reach out to him. And while you're at it, follow the Student Ministry Podcast on social media as well. You can look for us at the Student Ministry Podcast on Facebook and also the Student Ministry Podcast on Instagram. But we're at Pod on Twitter. We had to kind of shorten it there because the requirements for a name and all that stuff. Make sure you also check us out on the new Podacy app. That's P-O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y. And uh, be sure to echo us on the Podacy app. And uh, subscribe. Make sure you share it with other people. Uh, just, just get the word out there about this amazing interview with Dan Navarra. Before we wrap up, one last thank you to our sponsors, WorkCamp NE and National Network of Youth Ministries. Check out their websites, WorkCampNE.com and YouthWorkers.net. Be sure to send them some love for sponsoring the Student Ministry Podcast. All right, then that's another episode in the bag. We'll be back next month with another amazing interview. I'm, I, we've already done it. I'm excited about it. 
be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it. But until then, may God bless your ministry.